Welcome to the ITAM Review Podcast, news, reviews and resources for ITAM, SAM and software licensing professionals. So welcome to the ITAM Review Podcast. This is episode 20 and today I'm very pleased to be joined by Sanj from TMaxsoft. Uh, Sanj Sinatra, is that right Sanj? Yeah, that's correct. And I first met Sanj, um, he did a very interesting um presentation at the BCS evening networking event in in London which happens every couple of months and he did a very interesting presentation on Oracle and their licensing uh, habits and I'm very pleased to have um, Sanj join us today and just just so we're absolutely crystal clear from the outset Sanj could you want to give the listeners an overview of what TMAXsoft does and you know so everyone's clear about exactly what you're looking to do and, and what you offer. No, absolutely. Thank you, Martin. So, so TMaxsoft is a uh, it, it's a Korean company. Um, one of the products that they do is a is a, a relational database called Tibro, and it's it's built from the ground up as ideally as an Oracle replacement database. So, with that in its DNA, from its you know being built from the ground up, it's very similar to Oracle in terms of its. Uh, Compatibility, therefore, you know, we, we can advertise it's 100% compatibility. And in effect, and yeah, in effect, in a nutshell, it's the 100% compatibility, the look and feel of Oracle as a database, but at half the cost. Um, uh, and along with the uh, the cost savings, is you can utilize the skill sets you you gained with Oracle, i.e., uh, an Oracle DBA can be fully trained in Tibro within within three hours. Uh, and they're fully versed and, and ready to go. So it, it, it's about making that migration across away from Oracle much easier than what it has been in the past. But if so, I, so I get that. But what if I've you know I'm an Oracle DBA, and I spent my life doing Oracle training. How how likely is it that I'm going to jump ship and get you know you have to pr- literally prize their fingers off of Oracle, don't you? Uh-huh. Yes, I mean. It, with Oracle, I haven't been around so long, and, and, and you're absolutely right. You know, an Oracle DBA will have, will have earned their stripes in Oracle. And around jumping ship, I would actually suggest is to, is to have a go, have, have a look, and you'd be actually surprised at how similar it is without having to, to retrain uh, or, or to, 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 to add another skill set. So you can actually utilize the skills you already have. It's not a, it's not a case of learning something completely new. It, it's actually utilizing your, your your skills that you've gained so far with however many years you've been doing as an Oracle BBA and apply it to Tibro. So your your background, um, when I first met you, you were working at Snow and you were the Oracle, one of the Oracle specialists there. Uh, and prior to that, could you tell us about your history with Oracle? Sure. So uh, Oracle for me is, is, is quite a passion. I've been around Oracle now. Um, Oracle as as an arena for the last for the last eight years. So starting off with, and that's been in the roles of of um, of supporting a VAD, uh, specifically it was Avnet at the time. Then I moved to Oracle and I moved into Oracle LMS, which is License Management Services. Um, it, it, it's a very posh way of saying it's the Oracle Auditors. 
Right. The, the the reason yeah the reason I moved into Oracle LMS is is I saw that as the as the pinnacle of Oracle licensing, i.e. the font of all knowledge, because um, I knew that only LMS could put anything down in writing, and and uh, and I enjoyed the um, I enjoyed the kudos of of, of being the go to person, and, and and that was the time I spent in LMS. Now the reason I moved to Snow, which which are an Oracle partner, um, and they do do a, a product that that assists. And the software asset management arena around licensing Oracle and monitoring monitoring the Oracle estate is um, it came down to a question of ethics. Um, from from what I saw and what I experienced within my time at Oracle, I didn't wholly agree with some of the tactics used. Therefore, in a move to snow, it, it, it was a, it was it did sit far more comfortably with my own ethics in terms of uh, how to how how to earn an honest living is the best way to put it. And what what's an example of some unethical behaviour that you witnessed? Well, now that's the thing, Martin. I mean, unethical, using terms like unethical behaviour that that's it's actually quite a. Um, it's quite a powerful term, so I'm going to clarify what I mean by ethical and unethical. Ethical and unethical comes down to the individual person and, and what they would see as what sits comfortably with themselves. So what I may say is unethical, uh, another person may say is, it's just day-to-day -day business. However, I will explain, I will answer the question you've asked. Around what is what I deem to be unethical, it, it was... Rather than giving a specific example, it's easy to give it as as a generic a, a generic answer. In that everything I saw within Oracle, it wasn't one specific thing. It was it was the machine that was Oracle. It, it was the whole process. It was never a, there's one part of a cycle. So, for example, it could be um, the, the ethics of a salesman I'm working with at Oracle who who isn't a representation of the entire company. However, for whatever reasons and whatever drivers, it would be a case of they would suggest to a customer to, to take a particular option or to take a, a, a particular additional set number of licenses or failing to do so would result in an audit. So it was always using the threat of an audit to, to, to advance their own sales staff. Right. So that, that, that was one example. Now, again, to myself, the reason I would say that's unethical, for, for me personally, if a customer does not need, uh, let's say, uh, partitioning, for example, uh, an enterprise option, if they don't need partitioning, then they simply don't need it. Simply selling it just because you get paid against it, regardless of whether the customer needs it, isn't isn't really in the customer's interest. It would is not in the relationship interest, but it is in the personal interest of the person selling that product. So but then to use audit as a as a threat, which Ordinarily, is a legal right anyway. That's what I would. That is an example of what I would consider unethical. Right. And when you were there at LMS, what? How important were audits in terms of generating revenue for Oracle? Okay. On on, on this one, I'm going to have to be very careful again. Uh, without without giving specific figures. Um, because that, that, that wouldn't be fair. LMS, the license management services sits on the finance side of, of Oracle. So Oracle's been to the sales side and the finance side. The sales side is the side where if you 
you work on the sales side, you have your basic and you have a, a commissionable element of your pay package. On the finance side, it's a flat rate. So, you know, it's a, it's a basic pay only. And the reason LMS sits there is the, the drivers for audits should be to ensure compliance, not to find compliance. Therefore, it wouldn't matter to an auditor. Te technically, it shouldn't matter to an auditor if you are a pound, uh, you know, a penny or a pound out of compliance, their pay packet is the same as going home at the end of the month. Now, that's great in theory. However, that's where personalities come into play. And if somebody is driven to, to, to do a good job or what they would consider a good job, a lot of auditors would consider a good job done if a huge compliance deficit was found and rectified. So a lot of the, a lot of the and audits and surely, are conducted. Surely, they, the, surely, sorry, the, surely the department as a whole has a revenue target. Well... The department internally has a revenue target, and this is what I was coming on to. Officially, they, they, they shouldn't have a revenue target simply because of how it was just described then, i.e., you know, it's on the finance side of the section. It's not deemed as a money-making side. It's not deemed as the, as the money-making side of Oracle. However, yes, the department did was given a target, and it came from the, the top down at the time. It was uh, a chap called Jonathan Coop who was heading up LMS globally. Um, the the focus became very revenue driven, much to the upset of a lot of the stalwart auditors in Oracle at the time. Now, by the stalwart ones, I mean the ones that have been there, you know, quite a long time, who had seen these changes happen over a number of years. And and yes, the the, the, the soft target, and I, and I and I'll use the word soft target because I remember at the time I spoke to my manager, and uh, just just as a just as a conversation. Or in a bar over a drink, and I asked him, and I said, "So, what would happen if I didn't meet this target that I've been given?" And his answer was, "Well, it's not in a contract. You're not paid against it. It's a guidance. However, it it would look good for you should you know for you to meet that target rather than to rely on the well. That's not what I'm paid to do." And in effect, I was being told to play ball and just, just, just kind of work towards the, the greater good was the exact word used. Yeah. So I've, I've heard a figure rumoured of 50% um, of uh, UK database revenue came from audits. Would you agree with that sort of figure? Well, that, that, I mean, I, um, I actually said that rumour. <laughs> to be honest, Martin, it was in, in, in FY14. Um, FY14... 50% of database sales in the UK came from revenue, uh, came from um, audit-led engagements, uh, I, I, and I would stand by that. I believe that that figure was around about the same, uh, if not slightly higher, for FY15. I haven't had it confirmed as of yet. Um, I, I haven't asked Oracle officially because it would never be confirmed, but but it was it was around that figure, and, and such was the um, the licensed sales plateau in the market. That it became a, from from a salesperson's point of view, you know. And if you look at this logically as well, and I can't blame anyone for this, uh, in all honesty, Martin. As a, if I was a salesperson with an Oracle, and I could see, you know, some of my customers simply weren't looking to lodge in their their Oracle estate, or make, purchase additional licenses, or maybe they were looking to do smaller projects on a different platform or a different different technology, then. 
as, as that being as an objection, I know the first thing I could do is, is audit. Because, like we like said before, it's a legal right. It's, it's within the contract, and as long as it's within the contract, the Oracle have the right upon four to five days written notice, etc., etc., etc. And that would be the, the, the first and easiest route. And it was simply re-harvesting the current crop. Yeah. You know, because of because Oracle's licensing has been proclaimed as a dark art, um, and it's it's not the easiest to understand, and it's it's not the most clear and concise, especially with uh, advancements of other technologies such as such as virtualization. You know, what's deemed the soft and hard partitioning, uh, amongst amongst many other things. Um, you could find yourself. Uh, even on a even on a even on one server, you could find yourself under licensed by up to fifty percent of the licenses you require, just because it wasn't clear how to license the enterprise edition, for example. Yeah. So, so that that's that that is an easy target. So when you when we um, when I first met you back at the BCS meeting, you covered a really interesting topic in terms of uh, the threat of legal action versus a commercial solution. So that, in in essence, if I could maybe summarise, you were saying that uh, the account manager Oracle or or whoever would threaten legal action, whereas in reality they were in no place to threaten legal action. Is that a good summary? Um, it's it's it, it, yes, yes, Martin. It is a cl- it's a good summary, and it's quite close to the truth as well. I mean, let's let's have a look at it. Let's have a look at this in terms of process. So we'll we'll go from the point of. Um, You've been audited, and the, the the auditor has sent a report to say this is and and the audit the auditor's report will only be based on on facts. So it'll say you have X number of servers, you have X number of licenses. Uh, there is a shortfall of of however many licenses. This is what you need to make this compliant. What they want, and 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 as an explanation, let's say, let's take virtualization and VMware because that that's that's the uh, well that's the elephant in the room really. They will come forward and say our policy on soft on partitioning clearly states that VMware was not recognised as as a formal part partitioning. Some people accept it and they'll pay it and they'll come to a commercial resolution with their with their account manager because it then hands over to their account manager i.e. the person who's on the sales side of the business, to complete that process. What, that's where the customer is, is, has, the greatest, has the greatest strength, really. So, you know, Oracle's policy on virtualization isn't, isn't the strongest. Yes, they've got a partitioning policy, but at the bottom of, the, of that document, it says for educational purposes only, this does not constitute any part of a contract. So... What is the what is the the weight of that paper worth? Absolutely nothing. If somebody were, if if a customer was to turn around to a, a um, an account manager and say, where does it say in my contract about VMware or partitioning or virtualization? It doesn't. If you were to to control S um, the word partitioning in your in the end user agreement in the end user contract, whether it be the OLSA the OMA. The, the only reference that would come up would be in relation to um, the database option partitioning. Right. And that's to do with database partitioning, not to do with, with server partitioning. So, yes, they have a document around partitioning. Yes, yes, that's their, their policy. 
but the argument for the end for the end user is far stronger. I'm saying, I mean, look at look at the recent case, Mars Mars versus Oracle. That, that that's a prime that's a prime example. What happened? The, uh, the same thing happened. Oracle went along their VMware lines. Mars reacted quite badly to <laughs> to that whole process, and it was settled out of court. So how did how did they Again, react? How did they react badly? Do you think? Well, react, when I say react badly, when I say Mars reacted badly, I mean reacted badly in, in from an Oracle point of view. I.e., did it, they didn't roll over and accept it. Right, right, right. You see, so uh, the point the point being from from raising that case was is that it 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 didn't get to court. Now, process wise, and 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 I'm going to get hung for saying this, I'm sure. But what happened is the end user would say to a, a uh, a, sale, a customer will say to the, to the account manager, I don't agree with VMware, I'm not paying this, but you know, the, we need to do something about this. If that, if that end user is, sorry, if the end user, if the partner was to go to Oracle Legal, and the minute they say it's to do with VMware, uh, it's an audit and it's to do with VMware, the first three words out of the Oracle um, Legal mouth is resolve this commercially. And it will always be resolved this commercially. No matter what the salesperson says coming back, i.e., oh, well, I've spoken to legal, I really don't want to take this down the legal route because it will become costly for you, and well, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They know they haven't got a leg to stand on, and they've been told resolve this commercially. So that's where it comes to the person's front and how much front they've got and the aggression they've got to say, well, we are Oracle, this is what we do, and this is what we state. Um, and they may come out and say, you know, we, we've never had to take this to court before because uh, the customer always backs down to eventually towards the end because they realize that they've not got, you know, it's not going to win. In reality, it's never been taken to court because Oracle wouldn't want state uh, case law on this um, on this matter because it would it would cause a lot of disruption to not only future uh, customers that are running VMware, but also previous, you know, the, the ones who were previously told you must pay this for this reason. Yeah, it, I'm sure it, it they would be, come back and say, "Well, hang on a minute." <laughs> it, it would be <laughs> what, the, what, what's happened? It would be the same equivalent of a PPI claim, wouldn't it? You know, once they've got precedent in court, then you can go, "Well, hang on, you you audited me back at this, and I paid this penalty back in this year, and you need to give it back again." Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. Do you know? I've never heard it referred to as a PPI claim, but that's something I'm going to use going forward. That's brilliant. Well, I pinch, all, I pinch all my ideas from you, Sanj, so, you know, feel free. Um, so, and just on the Mars thing, uh, if anyone's interested in learning more about audit defence, please go and look at the Mars stuff because uh, it's, it's a whole treasure trove of um, audit letters from Oracle and Mars's formal responses and uh, it's, a, it's, it's quite a, there's a lot of detail, but it's a fantastic read if you're into this space. Well, it is a fantastic read. One thing I would suggest, and this is this is just as as me as a um, not not from a, a Tmax software typical point of view, but more from a um, an evangelist point of view, shall we say, <laughs> for for software asset management. I I know a lot of people have got different views of software asset management. Some people will ask, oh, what do they do? They sit around and they, you know, have conferences about licensing or how to manage in the Well, if somebody is in the audit process and VMware is an issue, or they're worried about uh, an audit process, 
rather than taking Oracle on themselves, I, my, my strongest suggestion would be to engage a software asset management specialist around Oracle. And there are plenty available. Um, you know, it, it, it's not, it's not, it's not hard to find somebody who can who can guide you through that. The only reason I state that is the the more experience that person has, the easier it becomes. Because uh, I, I'll give an example. There was one customer whilst I was with Snow, and uh, they went through an audit process. I I actually and they they engaged um, myself as uh, to to assist them to 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 walk them through this process. They had their worries. Uh, they, 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 you know, everything was resolved in the end. But I sat on those calls, and it was, it was funny because I was sat on a call with, with, uh, with LMS, who, who I knew by first name terms, you know. And and when they, they it's like anything else, when they realise that you have outside assistance and somebody who understands that world, the attraction of that customer as an audit target kind of evaporates very quickly and the amount of effort put into that into that order is it becomes marginal yeah. because they know when i say they i mean oracle the oracle lms people know that well if somebody's helping them externally there's not going to be anything at the end of this i'll focus my my efforts on some on on a, on a softer target shall we say that will help me get to that the the revenue target i've been assigned so another another thing I wanted to cover was, uh, and, and love to get your experience on, is um, this, this, the the activity whereby um, a salesperson will persuade a customer to take a certain product, uh, such as the, you know this month's flavor or this this quarter's flavor of the month that they need to sell in order to hit target, such as cloud or whatever. And if they do that, then they won't get audited. And just general manipulation or, or blackmail, as you might want to call it, um, into taking certain products. Have, have you got any experience of that firsthand? Yeah. Yes. It's, um, I mean, cloud is the big Oracle buzzword at the minute. You know, I mean, Oracle are quite late onto the cloud scene and, 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 I mean, really, if I was an end user, would I want to go? I personally would look towards Amazon or or, or Azure, one of the one of the earlier players in in the cloud cloud arena. Yes, Oracle are making great strides in the cloud arena with with their capabilities. However, I don't know what I, I don't know whether it's a case of um, too little, too late, or or just early days and, and in terms of adoption and it will take off. I don't know the answer to that, Martin. However, what I do know is, is happening is is that, it, and, it, and again, it comes down to individual ethics and it comes down to individual drivers. For, for example, a lot of the sales staff last year, well, when I say year, I mean their fiscal year, were, were incentivized on a, on a five times kicker for, for cloud sales, for example. And, and I'll just clarify what I mean. So, so if, if I was an Oracle salesperson and I sold one processor of Enterprise Edition on-premise, I knew how much I would get paid against that much and how much it would count towards my target. If I sold one Enterprise Edition processor worth of cloud, it would have been equivalent to five on-premise. So you can see how, how the figures would skew straight away towards commissions and towards revenues. 
therefore, the, the drivers were very much along the lines of cloud, sell on cloud, sell on cloud. Now, going into a customer and, and positioning cloud and a customer not being ready for cloud, I, as a salesperson, I've been walking away thinking, I really need to sell cloud. They haven't taken my first option. How can I do this moving forward? Well, you've got an audit right. You've got a legal right to audit a customer. Let's make it slightly painful. An audit then happens. And there is a, a, a deficit day from, uh, from the, again, the not understanding of licensing rules. And then a resolution can be offered off cloud to, to make it compliant. So that happens a lot. And, and personally, I think the majority of the cloud sales Oracle have made in the UK have been as a result of an audit deficit and cloud being offered as a resolution. But it sort of it makes the mind boggle in terms of when uh, Oracle report their quarterly results and cloud adoption. That sort of undermines that a little bit, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. It, they, they can they can produce uh, quarterly figures to say this is this is how much we've shipped the cloud in and this is what we're doing. It it would be very nice if they were to come out and say this is how we did it and what percentage was as a result of an LMS engagement, what percentage was a case of uh, Oracle customers actively coming forward and saying we have an Oracle estate and we would like to move this into the cloud, or which was, you know, what percentage was convinced by a, a good Oracle salesman who'd gone in and, and really sold the values of cloud over and above on-premise, and the customer bought into that, that vision and that future, and that's the way they wanted to go. I, the article um, I wanted to point you towards was uh, from the CIO of Specsavers, who said that Oracle's traumatic licensing methodology won't change. Um, I'll just get you a quick quote. Yeah, he said that the selling methodology was gun to the head. Uh, it's very powerful, them, powerful for them. There's no other methodology they've been trained in using, and you have to get to very senior levels in the UK or US to get any reasonable conversation about a reasonable deal. Um, so it's just it's just their way, isn't it? Basically. Well, it is. It is. I, I'd agree with that. But if we take a step back and look look as to why it's that way, is that is so so far today, has there been any threat of of a different technology coming in and saying we can migrate you away easily uh, and cost effectively? therefore causing Oracle to, 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 to use any other slightly nicer method. I mean, let's take, take SQL, for example, Microsoft SQL. Yes, it's cheaper. Um, I, I'll, I'll be the first to say I don't understand Microsoft SQL licensing. Uh, I, that's not my bag. My bag's Oracle. Uh, but I do know from a price point it's cheaper. But in terms of engineering and coding and, and, and migrating away from Oracle, that is a lot harder and a lot more... Uh, cost intensive than than it would be to just swallow the pill and say all right fine I'll stick with Oracle because it's actually cheaper to to, to go down that line than than to migrate away it you know so so why would Oracle have to change their going to the head methodology so just just um, yeah. for, for those on the call that are in a software asset management or IT asset management role they wouldn't necessarily. Uh, they would be trying to attempt to control costs and get a hold of the Oracle licensing risk, 
but they, they're not DBAs and they don't own the technology stack. What advice can you no. give to people that um, would want to explore alternatives such as TMAXsoft and others out there? How can you give power to their elbow to explore these other technologies when sometimes the DBAs are so obsessed about Oracle or SQL or whatever that they don't even consider alternatives? No, absolutely. So it's, I see the point you're making. Now, from, a software, from the software asset managers that are in that position, um, the people I would assume that they're speaking to, because it's the processes that, that are being looked at rather than, rather than the actual technology, it would be the level of conversation would more than likely be um, hierarchy, hierarchically, in terms of hierarchy, at a higher level. Now, that's no disrespect to DBA, just in terms of how a company sets up, you know, from the from C level rolling downwards. Compliance is a C level problem. Uh, if it's a problem that can be resolved and suggested there, I, I don't know many CFOs, CEOs who who would, if you were to ask them, uh, you know, which database they use, they wouldn't know unless they, unless it's actually come to their attention before that it is Oracle or it is SQL or it is whoever it may be. Being able to educate or or the power of suggestion at that level of, well, Mr. CFO, have you considered Chibro, which is an Oracle, you know, Oracle compatible Oracle replacement technology, or have you considered as another option, um, I don't know, X or Y or Z? It, I'm not, I'm not saying it's a it's a place where software asset management could could be saying, um, you know, suggesting specifics, but. But just that, that edu- almost like an education version of it. Because in, in, in that person's eyes, the, the Sam person is specialist. You know, that, that, that's their bread and butter. It, and any suggestion or any uh, route, route that, will, that will ease a pain will be considered. So, so really just power of suggestion would be the best, um, best advice moving forward. So thank you very much for your time today Sanj how can people find out more and connect with you I don't know Martin send smoke signals no, <laughs> um, <laughs> right so no how, how can people find out more I mean we, we do have our website tmaxsoft.co.uk um, more, more so if you're happy to just put my email address and, and phone number up I'm more than happy to have a conversation uh, on, on a more personable on a more personable level, but really just um, just just getting in touch with Team Microsoft, and we'll be able to go through the, the pros and cons of uh, Tibbetts Oracle. Great. Well, thank you for your time. Appreciate you spending the time to talk to me. I, I um, you know, we're we're keen to shine a light on some of this stuff and provide people with alternatives. So I, I appreciate your time. No, no problem. No problem. At all. Thanks a lot, Mike.